Um, and there's tons of books on that, and, and you can read. But one interesting fact, you know, if, if God wanted to, like, you know, lend some really good credibility to the fact that the tomb was empty, he probably would not have women be the first ones to recognize that the tomb was empty. Because women just, like, weren't really recognized back then, like, at all. In fact, if they were to testify in court, it didn't even count. So it's interesting, like, how God, you know, would do something like that. So, uh, as a side note, but first Easter, it wasn't very celebratory at all. In fact, they were pretty discouraged. They were pretty devastated. They were pretty destroyed. And I don't know how you come here this morning, but those are pretty, some pretty familiar feelings. I know what that's like. Um, they had just invested into a man, into his ministry, for three years. Three years of their life. And for some of them, left everything. They left everything. Their job, everything that was familiar, everything that they knew, they left it to follow this man. And, you know, he didn't know where he was going next or what the next meal was going to come from. And they were around this man and he would, like, heal people, just uh, do amazing, miraculous things. He would change their lives completely. So, then, he's been saying, hey, listen, you know, I'm going to rise from the dead. I'm going I'm to rise from the dead and, you know, I'm going to rule and reign forever. And then he goes on the cross and people are just, like, mocking him, you know, making fun of him. And, uh, you know, if you are God, you know, call down a legion of agents, you know, they'll save you, let him save himself. Just like mocking him, going after this guy. And they're all sitting there watching it. And in fact, at the cross, nobody's really there. I mean, there's a few women, you know, John, and that's really it. Everybody else deserts him. So then come the third day, the women and a few other people knew that, hey, he's supposed to rise. But it's not like they showed up running to the tomb like, this is it. This is the morning. Everything he said is going to come true. And like we're going to rub in everybody's face. You know, we're going to let them all know. They didn't come like that. They came with like burial spices. They came ready to embalm the body. I mean, that's like how they were approaching. They were sad. You know, they were upset. And they show up. And it's like, what? What happened to the stone? You know, where's the body? They were surprised. So the fact that we celebrate it, like we have a different sort of perspective on this whole thing. So let's check it out. Let's go Mark 16. Let's see what happens. It says, When the Sabbath was over, it says Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James, and Salome brought spices so that they might go to anoint Jesus' body. It says, Very early on the first day of the week, just after sunrise, they're on their way to the tomb, and they asked each other, Who will roll the stone away from the entrance of the tomb? But when they looked up, they saw that the stone, which was very large, had been rolled away. As they entered the tomb, they saw a young man dressed in a white robe, sitting on the right side, and they were alarmed. And he said, don't be alarmed. Easy for him to say, right? He said, you are looking for Jesus the Nazarene, who was crucified. He has risen. He is not here. See the place where they laid him. But go... Tell his disciples and Peter, he is going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him. Just as he told you. It says, trembling and bewildered, the women went out and fled from the tomb. They said nothing to anyone because they were afraid. So let's open up in prayer. God, we ask you, Lord, that um, you would just bless our time this morning. We pray, Lord, that you give us a better understanding uh, as far as how much your sacrifice really cost. Because it's, I think, very difficult for a lot of us to understand. And so I pray, Lord, that you help me get a better understanding of it, that you help us get a better understanding. 
And Lord, I pray that you'd also fill our hearts with hope and uh, gratitude. And I also hope, Lord, that during this time this morning that you encourage our faith. Because resurrection power, I mean, that is, that is amazing. And if that's real, and if that's around us, I pray that you challenge our faith, Lord. So God, we thank you for our time this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. So why do we like even go to church on Sunday? So it's right there, chapter 16, uh, verse 1, because a lot of you know, churches don't, you know, and especially on the Jewish calendar, Saturday is their Sabbath. It says, but when the Sabbath was over, Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James, and Salome brought spices so that they might go and anoint Jesus' body. So that was the deal, right? They weren't running there ready to celebrate. They're ready to, you know, to embalm him and they must have just been going with a ton of questions and not feeling very encouraged. It says, then very early on the first day of the week, just after sunrise, they were on their way to the tomb and they asked each other, who's going to roll away the stone from the entrance of the tomb? And they had this giant, you know, stone that was like two tons and then according to like a lot of Bible scholars and different commentaries, there was about 15 to 20 also Roman soldiers like around there because they wanted to make sure that this guy did not get out of this grave because if he did... It was going to ruin it for them, and everybody would know about it. In fact, we're still talking about it today, right? So in verse 4 it says, But when they looked up, they saw that the stone, which was very large, had been rolled away. Angel may have been sitting on it. It says, As they entered the tomb, they saw a young man dressed in a white robe sitting on the right side, and they were alarmed. Probably more like freaked out. And then he says, Don't be alarmed, he said. You're looking for Jesus the Nazarene who is crucified, he has risen. And that's sort of like the familiar Easter phrase that everybody would like greet and encourage each other with. I don't know how many texts I got this morning about he has risen. If you go on Facebook, like Twitter, it's like, he has risen, you know, all over the place. It says, he's not here. See the place where they laid him. But go and tell his disciples and Peter, he's going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him, just as he told you. It says, trembling and bewildered. Not really celebratory, very surprised. The woman went out, fled from the tomb. They said nothing to anyone because they were afraid. And in fact, when they came back and they told everybody about it, most of them didn't believe. Although a couple did. Peter and John did. And then they were like in a foot race sprint to see who could get there first. And they were checking out the tomb. So, we said, celebrate the victory. So I just wanted to look at two things uh, that we should probably be celebratory about, you know, concerning this day, concerning Easter. So here's the first part says, we celebrate the rescue, right? We celebrate the rescue. Hopefully it'll come up for you there, right? We celebrate the rescue. Because what this was, this was really a rescue mission. It's really what this was, and you know, that picture is pretty accurate as far as what is really going on here. Does anybody actually own any rescue animals? Just out of curiosity, just brush your hands. Maybe, maybe. I know Sal does. Um... It feels really good, you know, to pick up, you know, one of those, like, rescued pets, you know, maybe been abused and that have been hurting and just, and then you scoop one of them up, you know, you give them a good home and, you know, you train them right and it's just, like, you rescued them, you know, you just, like, feel good about that. It adds a lot of, you know, just uh, value and just, like, love, you know, to that. Um, the only thing better than that is we can, like, rescue a fellow human being. Um, there's a uh, Christian organization down in Hamden. Uh, they call themselves Love 146. And what they do is uh, they try and end human, uh, human sex uh, slave trafficking all over the globe. And like, that's like what they do. They go rescue young girls 
it's horrible. You know, they get sold in, you know, to this sex slave trafficking at a young age, and it's sick. Uh, it, get put like a, like on a menu almost type deal, and they're trying to go in and save and rescue these girls. That's a rescue mission. And honestly, it's very very similar, you know, to how Easter is. This is a rescue mission because, you know, there is no Easter without sin. Like, that's sort of like the big word here. That's kind of the big deal. That's like the dirty little secret. That's the word that, you know, most people don't really want to talk about or feel uncomfortable with. But to be honest, Easter doesn't really happen without sin. And so if sin is real, um, this is a serious rescue mission. Because the Bible says, and it tells us that we're totally lost in sin. Like, each and every one of us. Uh, We were talking yesterday at a men's breakfast. And uh, we were talking about... um, Part of Jesus' Sermon on the Mount. And uh, I, I, we were ta- sharing some stories about different things. And I was sharing about one about a co-worker of mine. Uh, who um, He's actually a, a deacon in the Catholic Church. And we were talking about the Sermon on the Mount. And we were at the part where Jesus says, you know, if you even look you know, angrily, really mad, just with evil intent at your brother, that's just as bad as killing him. It's heavy duty business. I mean, really the same? Like if, you know, it's good to pull out a gun and like shoot someone. Is that really the same as me getting mad in their hearts? I mean, it's not exactly the same, right? I mean, it's not like I really pulled out a gun and really shot somebody and did something about it. But then Jesus says like, well, actually like before God, like it is the same. There might be some different repercussions if you actually do it. But if we go around just even having that sort of, you know, angry thoughts in our hearts about other people, it's like, oh, I wish somebody would just, you know, if we're thinking about having violent fantasies about somebody, that's just as bad as actually doing it. And that's just about anger. And then he talks like about the lust issue, and then he talks about like having no idols, and it's like, oh my gosh, who could ever do that? That, I mean, who's never going to have, who's never going to put anything before God? I mean, really. Who's never really going to do that? That's not me. I'm going to put stuff before God. I'm going to try not to do it intentionally. Like, that's honestly the true story. I'm going to try not to do it on purpose. And even then, I'm probably still going to do it because I'm a human. I just, you know, it's mess up. It's not perfect. And so then you could see where it's like, wow, well, if that's really the case, how do you get to that? How is anybody ever really good enough? Well, that's where the rescue mission comes into place. Right? There had to be this perfect, like, Passover lamb that had to come with this perfect blood and just save us from that. Because we just can't do it. And the best news is, is that all we have to do is actually believe it. And it just gets credited to us if we actually just wholeheartedly believe that, take it, and live it out. It's not like we have to go on a cross and, like, do half the things that Jesus did. That's pretty amazing. That's pretty intense. If someone were to come up, so I was thinking about this too this week, like if somebody were to come up uh, to me like this, this next week, let's say. Let's say like they're about to come up, you know, write a check for me. Hey, listen, you got any card debt? I will cover that for you. It's like, nice, I do have one card payment. Like, that would be huge. Um, got any credit card debt? Um, yeah, a little bit. That would be huge. I'll cover that too. Got any school loans debt? Yes, that, that sucks to pay. I hate paying that. I'll cover that too. All right, then I'll cover the mortgage. What? 
the mortgage, all that debt. I would write your check right now. If somebody actually really legitimately came up to me and said that, I, I would just... I'd come home, kiss Julie, hug her, pick her up. We'd go out to dinner that night. I mean, we would just... Can you imagine? Can you imagine? And in order to even be better than that, that same person said, hey, listen, I'm going to cover that debt. I'm going to do that for you. That's all good. He says, but listen, any tab that you write up in the future, that's covered too. I think you know where I'm headed with that. That's like exactly like what Jesus did. Hey, listen, I'll cover your sins now, and then all your sins down the road, they are covered. Abide in me, stay in me, live your life after me, you will be covered. And at the end, when this life is over, because it says in the Bible, this life is but a mist. It's just, it's short. It's short, you know, it's just, the bulk of our time will be spent in eternity, wherever it might be. He says, you'll be with me. That's some good news right there. I mean, he doesn't just take care of it here and now. It's forever after that. That's, that's like why you'd hand clap. Like, that's why you'd get excited. I mean, March Madness is pretty cool, but this is so much better than that. It's amazing, a rescue mission. It's amazing the price, you know, that he paid. And it's amazing what that means for us. And it's even crazier to think that he would do that than knowing what we might do later. Because that's the part that kills me. It's like, man, and he knew like I was going to be doing this or be struggling with that or keep coming to the same place. And the idea is not to use it like a license and do whatever I want to do and just like live whatever way I want, right? That's not really the idea. But the idea is like, geez, just come back to God and be like, God, I can't believe it. You know, I'm going to repent this time and hope I don't mess it up too much more today. That's amazing. It's ama- that's a serious rescue mission, the best of all time. And when that is implanted inside you, that's got to cause some kind of thankfulness and some kind of trust. And if there's one day a year you want to give that thankfulness and that trust, where you want to just maybe lift your hands like the one time, or be like a little bit louder than usual, or do something different, like this is the day to do it. Right? It is. It is. Yes, it is. It's good. So that's, that's one, man. I mean, we celebrate the rescue, the rescue mission. I mean, it's still like gives you the goosebumps. Like, I don't even know how you can't cry about it sometimes. Like, sometimes it has to move you to tears. I don't know, like, how it couldn't. I don't know. So that's one thing we celebrate. The second thing we celebrate is we celebrate the emptiness. Celebrate the emptiness. Why would I put the word emptiness in there? Seems like a weird thing to celebrate. Well, the tomb is empty, but well, let's see. I think most of us are pretty familiar with empty promises. I think we can all maybe be a little bit familiar with that. But Jesus gives us promises from emptiness. What are we talking about? So empty cross. Got one over here. Not exactly like the same one. Empty cross. We got an empty tomb. And we got some empty clothes. It's all empty. There's a lot of famous tombs of some famous people. And they're still in there. Still in there. There's one tomb where they're not in there. And it's been messing up history forever. So we celebrate that emptiness. Because that means, this quote right here from Clarence Hall. says, Easter says you can put truth in a grave, but it won't stay there. 
says you could put truth in a grave. Hopefully it'll come up, but it won't stay there. And that's the power, that's the power of Resurrection Sunday, right? You can put that in a grave and it doesn't matter. It doesn't stay there. When God says it, it is done. That's heavy duty. And it's empty. And that's like what we hold on to. Otherwise, this whole deal is pretty useless, like to be honest. Right? It's pretty much useless for us to come, like maybe, you know, invest our faith in our lives, like into like this God who can't overcome death, then really what's the point? I mean, there really isn't. That, that's what gives us the value. I mean, that's what really gives some weight to our faith. Otherwise, it's just a bunch of people getting together, trying to do nice things for people, which is good. It's not bad. But at the end of the day, how is it different than anything else? It's really not any different at all. So we celebrate that emptiness. That's what we celebrate. He is gone. He's away. He rose from the dead. In fact, he's not even here now. He's in heaven right now, sitting on his throne. And the Holy Spirit is here with us. Jesus is on his throne. And then one day at the end, we all stand before that judge and say, Jesus says, hey, listen, did you accept me? Did you take me? Did you do it? I tried to make it as easy as possible for you. I hope I got the right answer. In fact, I know I got the right answer. That's what feels good. And that emptiness, what it should do, it should be a chain reaction for us for hope. It should give us some hope. And John 16.33, here's what it says. Will it come up for us in John 16? It says, I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart. Look at your neighbor and say, take heart. Take heart. Exclamation point. That's emphatic. I'm not an English guy, I'm a math guy, but I know that much. Because Julie texts me with exclamation points all the time. <laughs> and when she does it, I just give her exclamation points back, like seven of them are all like, why are you yelling? But take heart, I have overcome the world. That's big time. That's refrigerator worthy, that's car worthy. I mean, that's everywhere. I've overcome the world. That is huge. And I don't know how much you believe it, but if you do, it changes everything. If you totally believe it, it changes everything. If he really did rise from the grave, it changes everything. If he didn't, it really doesn't matter. But if he did, it changes everything. We shall overcome. So let me close with a couple of thoughts here. This is a day about power. It's really what it is. Death-defying power. And we're never going to experience the resurrection power until we share in the sacrificial death. We'll never share in the resurrection power, that power that brought him from the dead. Unless we share in his death on the cross, unless we share in that, we never experience that type of power that rose him from the dead. What am I talking about? What am I saying? In other words, if we're not willing to put parts of our lives to death that Jesus says, hey, listen, you've got to deal with that and put that to death. Put it on the cross. Bring it to me. If we're not willing to do that, we will never experience that resurrection power of life. We never will. Won't happen. We'll keep try, trying. We'll keep striving. We can make behavior changes. And we keep putting forth good efforts. And we can continue to do nice things for people. Absolutely. But we'll really never be able to really celebrate on Easter Sunday about that resurrection power because we're kind of like, 
sort of removed a little bit. Like everybody else is pretty excited about it, but uh, I don't know. I don't really see it. They must be really emotional or be faking it. But what if they're not? Romans 8.11 says, And if the Spirit of Him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, and if we've accepted Christ as our Saviors in our hearts, and we pray and we say, God, I'm a sinner. I need you in my life. That means that He's living in us. And so he says, And if the Spirit of Him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, He who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies because of His Spirit who lives in you. And so that's exactly what we're talking about. If we accept Jesus, accept God, willing to just go on the cross in our daily lives, like Jesus says, hey listen, if you want to follow me, pick up your cross daily and follow after me. So if we're willing to put ourselves on that cross daily, we'll experience that resurrection power in our lives. It's there for us. See, the other side of the whole thing is that not everybody's going to be celebrating Easter for kind of the same reasons. I mean, some people are excited to get together, get some good food, get some candy, family time. Like, that's, that's good things. You definitely want to celebrate that. We want to take advantage of good family time. That doesn't happen a lot. You want to take advantage of that. If, could be, but for some people, right, there's no reason to celebrate the victory unless they took part in the sacrifice. Like, there's no reason really to show up to church or celebrate the victory of Easter in the way that we're talking about if we never really took part in the sacrifice. So we want to make sure we take part in that sacrifice and give ourselves over to God. So this is a day where we say to Jesus, thank you for leaving, thank you for dying, and thank you for saving. That's what we want to say. This is a day for that. Thank you for leaving. Can you imagine him leaving heaven? I don't know. Like, here's the best I could come up with. Imagine you grew up on like a perfect, like pristine planet, just like gorgeous, like sun, like San Diego weather. Sun is shining. It's nice. The air is just like healthy. Like the food is just good. There's no McDonald's. The fruit is amazing. The water, like just, oh. just every day you wake up, you just like you don't feel polluted at all in any way. Are you there yet with me? Oh, it's just like, oh, you just wake up and you just like feel fresh and rejuvenated. Your body just like feels alive. It's like, oh man, it's so nice. And then the other people there, are just, it's like, it's like that. And it's like, oh, you just bring me up. We bring each other up. It's, oh, you know, you could, you could feel it. It's just nice. And then there's this other planet. There's like this other planet. Where there's these dogs, and it's not that I don't like dogs. There's these dogs, because I, I got a dog. So there's like these rabid dogs, and they just go after each other. They're like rabid, like foaming at the mouth, looking to just like attack people, take what's theirs, what they think is theirs, step on wh- whoever, whenever, just vicious, take them at the throat, fighting, scrapping. They could care less about pollution. Half the time when they're fighting scrap and they're filthy anyways. And the more they can take, the better. I can't see myself necessarily leaving that pristine place and maybe going to doggy planet and being basically subjected by them and just doing whatever they want and having them take advantage of me 
and making a fool out of me so that I could save them. That's a tough sell for me. That's a really tough sell. I'm pretty amazed that Jesus would be obedient to the Father and be like, I'll go down there and do that for these people. (laughs) What? What? That's a tough one. And if Jesus was like, you know, part man and, you know, part God when he was here, God incarnate, I mean, part of him had to be like, what are you doing? (laughs) This sucks. And you know, he's thinking that in the garden. Before he goes on the cross, he says, God, I can't, I actually cannot do this. Like for a couple years, you know, it's kind of cool doing some amazing things, but I actually cannot. So if like, if you could take this cup from me, let's do it another way. And then he comes back and he says, you know, not my will be done, but yours. It's amazing. So I want to say thank you for leaving because I can't even comprehend that. Can't even comprehend that. Thank you for dying. I mean, as they're putting the nails in him, you know, he goes, Father, forsake him for they don't know what they're doing. What? I hardly ever take advantage of an opportunity like that. Anytime like I can stick it to someone, I'm probably going to. It doesn't make me look good, you know what I mean? But God's working with me, but unfortunately, like, I'm still there, you know, revenge is still a part, and God is still dealing with it, but that's where he was at. Like, you don't know anything about it. Give me a break, right? You know about, right, trying to get revenge right away on people, you know? And then, thank you for saving us. You know, this is a day, like, where we say thank you for that, you know, and we celebrate that. So what we're going to do is we're going to close with this last video clip. We can watch this. Um, and then we'll stand and close in prayer together. <laughs> what do you like about Easter? Celebrate with your family. Easter hunting for eggs. You get to open them and 